So maybe you got a great idea for a business. You want to start selling products or services online. Maybe you're an established business owner and you're looking for new customers. Maybe you're interested in starting a personal website. No matter who you are, GoDaddy. That's right, GoDaddy wants to help you succeed online. Right now, GoDaddy is offering a .com domain for just $1.49. That's right, $1.49. It's go time. Start your website today. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter promo code JIM149 to get your $1.49.com. Some limitations apply. See website for details. This is the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We're coming to you nationwide. We are coming to you worldwide on the Sideshow Network. It's Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and here's your host, radio and comedy legend. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jim Cren. No restrictions on the side show network. We have a fun show for you today. Of course, uh, Dave Sedemar and Frank Mergia, uh, Wayne Wow and Josh Folio. Of course, putting the show together. Mike Wysocki, Mike Sasson, Terry Jones, myself here in the studio. And let's kick the show off talking about what we were talking about off the air. Right before we, were, we came on the air here, we were talking about the Richard Pryor biopic. And Terry mentioned, you know, one of Richard Pryor's sons looks exactly like Richard Pryor and I said hey did he do stand up at all and he said yeah but he wasn't very good and that led us into sons of famous people or daughters of famous people who are expected to be great how huh, terrible now you said he so how long did he did he try to do stand up well, you know been, any I mean a lot of, of people still know him he's he's still doing he does like a lot of singing and stuff like that and I had followed him on online for a while and uh yeah he he sings and he was doing uh uh, comedy for a while the thing is it wasn't that he was bad it's just that you're richard Pryor's son it's like being jordan's son yeah yeah and we talked about that you and better score points all the time you better have like 100 points a game and, and i think that was the <laughs> difficult thing like even his daughter rain she's very talented and she's a very like cool and and down-to-earth person um but the only thing with rain is she's Pryor's daughter but she might have a easier chance than the sons do because, because look, of the, how the, they look. In the visual look, if he looks just like Richard Pryor, subliminally I mean, exactly. in your mind, you're expecting whatever. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, you're spending one of the great you know comedians of all time. Now, he has a son that's my age. I remember showing you the video. We were like on the porch one day. Uh-huh. Uh, Mason Pryor. Yeah. And uh, Mason lives in Ohio. I think he's still in Ohio. And yeah, yeah. Does. You know, he wasn't that bad, though, Mason. I thought Mason was okay. Mason is right? really good. I mean, he's talented. He sounds like Richard, though. But I thought he's, he was okay, though, right? Well, no, he's he good. wasn't a bad yeah. comic. Oh, no, not at all. He's, he's good. He's pretty funny. But he looks like his dad. He did resemble and his he dad. He kind of sounds like his dad, too. Like, but that's what's, that's, what what's, that's what stinks is that, you know, if he was just a comic, it was just like Mason Johnson. Be like, oh, solid he comic. He actually would be. Yeah, yeah but yeah, it's like, oh, we expect you to be Richard be, Pryor. It's just like yeah. Jordan's kid played at UCF. So he was a Division One basketball player. Right. But he wasn't Michael Jordan. Joe Montana's yeah. kids all played football. They had the best coaches. They all had that quarterback coach that coached Peyton Manning and Brady and all these guys or whatever. They. You know that I can't. Sorry, I can't remember his name. Yeah, out in California. That California guy who's the quarterback coach, and once mm-hmm. he gets you, you're you're superstar. You make so it. yes, you make it. So he had all those kids, and, and they made it to college. All of Montana's kids, but none of them really were great, great players. But 
Mike mentioned off off Mike that if you make it to college, it's a really great thing. If you're a football player, what if you'd say what ten percent or maybe even, even not, less, I mean, probably less than ten percent, yeah. yeah. make it to D one out of high school. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to be a superstar, or you really got to be a player to make to get that scholarship to get the D one. Is amazing. If you think of all the hundreds of thousands of kids playing in high school and just a few thousand get to play college in D1. Right. So these kids made it to D1. I mean, one kid I think played a little bit at Notre Dame. A little bit at Notre Dame and one when played a little bit this past year at Tulane. But again, he's not Joe Montana. Everybody's saying, and one of them yeah. I think is like Joe Montana Jr. or something like Which that. He was. Because that's the thing. I mean, and so, and we were, and then talking about um, the worst is if the two parents. Are famous like we we're talking about Christy Brinkley and Billy Joel's kid uh, is a is a, a a woman who sings. But the yeah. problem is, you look at him like you're okay, right? But you're not singing like Billy Joel, yeah. And you definitely don't look like Christy Brinkley, so you're just <laughs> sitting there wow. like, oh, yeah, she's fine looking. She if she walked into this room, we'd be all like, wow, what a beautiful woman. Yeah, just not the multiple cover model of the Sports Brinkley. Illustrated. Yeah, you can't sing like Billy Joel. Yeah, seriously. So you're, uh, you're, you're you know what? It's messed up. If you talk, to, yeah, it is messed up. But you know what, though, T? If you talk to all these people, if you talk to this girl, Billy Joel's daughter, if you talk to Joe Montana's kids. I'm sure they'd complain. They'd be like, <laughs> "Life sucks." Yeah, they do. How dare my dad? You know, has this, and 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 I and I can never live up to it. And then they they'd hit the pillow and start crying. That's what. That's but, why they have all these therapists. But exactly. But bet those motherfuckers use that name when they get in the club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet when they're lying in the club, they're like. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, I'm Joe Montana's kid. Walk right in. <laughs> no complaints then. It happens a lot. Like, they're just not as good if you follow a legend like Frank Sinatra Jr., oh, yeah. Julian Lennon, Jacob Dylan. Like, the good thing there's not like a Steve Springsteen or a Prince Jr. What <laughs> yeah. if there is? I think the reason is, is Bruce hides him. The reason is they Steve. never had to struggle. <laughs> he said he hides yeah. him. I think that's what it is, even in athletes. I mean, the only one I can think that really surpasses, but there's a couple. Like you know, Barry Bonds was better than Bobby Bonds, even though. Bo- but for the most part, I think it's because they never, they didn't have to struggle. That is an exception. You're right, Barry being over. Bo- Griffey, yeah, Griffey was as good yeah, as Griffey, Manning. Griffey I think both Mannings have surpassed the the dad Manning. Yeah, so. yeah. So there are exceptions. <laughs> well, Mikey, that kind of shoots a hole in your in your. Well, in, your in, theory, in, in music, though. Okay. <laughs> right, More so in music, but, yeah. but no. But I think when you first said it, I thought that is a point, Mike. If you don't, if you're not hungry, or Jason Bonham, all the you know the big rock stars of the '60s and '70s all have shitty kids. You have well, to. <laughs> you have to be hungry. Uh, Liv Taylor get. is uh, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. She she's she's awesome. She ended up being a great yeah, actor. I'm not a musician, but yeah. No, but yeah. I mean, just like Smart living off the kid acting. and same with John Voight and. Uh, 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 what's the Angelina. Angelina Angelina Jolie, Jolie passed up boy yeah. yeah and then you got your Charlie Sheens and Martin Sheens and maybe Keeper it's luck maybe it's luck I think I think it's just trying a to be bit. yourself with with the genetics of, you know they're talented maybe like you said well they also have some more advantage I mean think about it I mean the, the Montana kids got those coaches and all that mm-hmm. yeah the I name mean, maybe helped them get further than well the thing that maybe maybe these people I'm sorry maybe these people get further than they should go on some end. Right. And the other ones just have natural talent. And the ones that go further than they should go are the ones that are showcased a little bit more because they don't they can't possibly reach that level. Because no. think about it. I mean, you maybe those kids if you if if you gave Mike if you gave Mike the best coaches in, in football and they had 
you know, the white sake name was a championship, you know, Polish soccer stars. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be you'd be the soccer player, bro. I know. Good, good one. So it's your dad's fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, greatest soccer never player ever. Soccer. Fault. Yeah. One, one of the uh, one of the wildest moments I had was um, so during football uh, nights when I was mm-hmm. in high school, we'd always wear our, our football blazers. You you know Gordon. So uh, Coach Gordon would always have us put on these blazers. We'd get dressed up. And uh, there used to be dumbass kids that would like skip their check at Eaton Park, and they'd be like, "I know where you are. You got your blazer on, asshole." <laughs> but, um, you know, we get dressed up, go get food and stuff like that before yeah. the games. And I remember going up to uh, the grocery store right up from the high school, and there was a guy there. He was waiting, and we, uh, the linemen, we would all hang out together because they wanted the line to just have a bond. And I remember me and a couple of the linemen, we went up to get some food, and there was a guy sitting outside on a bench, and he goes. Oh, you guys play for Gordon, huh? We're like, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I used to be a great football player myself. So I have a son. He's 6'6", 330 pounds. You know what he plays? We're like, uh, offensive line, <laughs> defensive tackle. He's like, no, he plays the fucking piano. <laughs> wow. I was like, wow. wow, he really is upset. <laughs> his son ain't doing shit. Uh, trying to live up to his daddy's name. He wants to play the piano. Hey, he well, that, maybe that's good. it. You do something different. But like you said, Mikey, maybe I – I think maybe you're on to something, Mike, with the struggle thing, because you, you know you got to be really hungry in a certain way to get to that level. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes, yeah, yeah. If you're handed, I. Well, Jacob Dylan, it's interesting. Going back to Mike Sasson's point was, if they weren't your dad, how, like he would have, and a really great career. If you think of Jacob Dylan, had a few hits. Yeah, Wallflowers were solid. Yeah, they did. In a, a solid band. Yeah. If he's not the son of. Uh, Bob Dylan, <laughs> right? That'd be a little. It's like yeah. a bigger act or yeah. bigger or bigger uh, career. Well, it's like Julian Lennon had a couple hits in the '80s. Yeah, but he sounded like his dad. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Anybody ever talks <laughs> to him, it's just like, "Hey, my new album's out." Like, yeah, that's great, John Lennon. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it. If you if your if your dad is a certain sound and look, maybe you shouldn't do the same sound and look. Like Julian was like, what did he have a song? Uh, you know, let me see. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, yeah, let me see, let me see. He had, blue, he had blueberry wow, fields. Yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff. He's really, and he looked like the hair. He put the hair. Yeah, the I mean, glasses, everything. Yeah, get a crazy perm and I don't know, whatever. Put, put a yellow punk rock. Yeah, you, yeah. I think up. that you got a good point. That's the problem. A lot of people think because their parents are excel in these specific things that it, it's kind of like they're fighting for the love of their parent in a way because like if you look at it uh, there's a missing void with like Pryor's kids because of a lot of stuff that he did and he had like multiple wives kids so you look at like them they're trying to find a connection to have with their dad and usually whenever those people try to find a connection you know the Sinatras the, the singers these these comedians uh, uh, kids it seems like it doesn't work Outside of if they did their own thing, that's a good point, Terry. Because, so, well, think about it, you're right, Terry. Because you know, you're when they're little and yeah. stuff, and growing up, it's all they hear is uh, your dad's the greatest, probably a lot of yeah. you know, right? Yeah. Albums, oh, yeah. all, movies, of, all of Bob Marley's kids are pretty talented, but they're high. not Bob Marley. They're yeah. real high, yeah. I, but the Marley, <laughs> the Marley family is talented. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. mellow. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, you're probably hearing like greatness then yeah. is equated. To your father or your mother or whatever they did, because it's all their your your whole childhood is that that's what your their people on the outs are telling you. Yeah. So your goal then, right, 
if you want to be, everybody wants to try to be better, is to get to that that goal and, and maybe have a lot of people in their family and even maybe the moms and dads go, you could do that, you could reach it, you can do it. In the meantime, maybe they weren't given the gift to do that. Maybe yeah. they were given the gift to like play piano like that kid. Yeah. Piano, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's just it. You gotta, it's, and it's hard just in regular life, right? For people, you, you, we go to open stages and stuff and you see guys who want to be comedians and they were just weren't, that just wasn't their card. To become a comedian Yeah there's some people I It's wish just not natural <laughs> Now they can make them The, the, the scary thing is They can make them In themselves Sweep the jokes the Oh yeah seriously There's a couple people That I'm just like Yo if you don't please Just get the fuck out of here And well, just but, let it go But that's just it it's, <laughs> Welcome it, to my life <laughs> uh, but The thing is though it, You know You feel bad Because they could work Their way into becoming Jokesmiths Some of them Some of them Yeah and, and, But they're never gonna make A living at it If you make a living at it any talent, I don't care what the talent is, whether you're a painter, singer, comedian, actor, whatever it is, it's got God has to give it. To, I believe in God, obviously. If you don't, that's, oh, yeah. that's fine. But, but I'm saying God has to, you have to, has to give it, carry it on your back. In other words, that talent has to carry you on its back. Well, in other words, whether you believe you're talented or not, and I've said this before, you it's gonna it's gonna help you. Succeed. You're gonna make money at it, whether you believe it or not. Even if you think I don't think I'm funny, I don't think I yeah. can sing. I think, you're still able to do it if you if you put it out there. In other words, if you do it. But some of these people, it's hard because the this, the the other side of it is the fame is a drug. It's an yeah. aphrodisiac. It's got some power. Uh, the quick money is a drug. I mean, come on, stand ups or singers or whatever. That's crazy when you go out and do, you know do shows and make a, the money we get just to do an hour. Or whatever, and and then it gets even bigger for like guys like, you know, Louis C.K. or whatever. Yeah, you still get making three, four hundred grand a show. That must be that's it's completely crazy. surreal. And then you see it, and you go, "Wow, that, that's pretty wild, right?" That's and, crazy. And I would do two shows a year <laughs> <laughs> and just be cool. Good. Oh, but yeah. that's just it. It's an Af- it's a I, drug, kind of. That's see, you know, right? It it's is. a power thing, and I could see why they're striving for it, but. It got to be frustrating if you're not naturally there, and then that has to be with these kids. Some of them, or Some a lot of them. them, obviously, we're noticing most. Of them. Yeah, yeah. They, well, you know, it, it's wild because you know we. I always talk about Marvin Gaye because he's my favorite artist. But Marvin Gaye, um, even though he was like uh, in a league of his own, Marvin Gaye's whole point of like his music and everything was to try and impress his dad. Like he did it because he knew he wow. could do it, and he did want to touch people. And yeah. you but know, he wanted his dad's stuff, acceptance. He wanted it? his dad's acceptance. His dad was uh, like an asshole. His dad. Oh, he's the worst. He killed him. He, yeah, he killed he him. him. After worst like, father I think of all, all time. Father of all like, time. Uh, yes, yeah, I think is. beyond he asshole. Wins. When you eventually kill the guy, worst. With the gun that your son bought you for protection. Menendez brothers, worst sons, but Marvin Gaye's dad, worst father of all time. Yeah, why wasn't Marvin Gaye's dad the Menendez brothers' dad? I don't know. <laughs> so they just kill each other. They're going to shoot, <laughs> shoot up. Turn into a Tarantino yeah. Mexican standoff. <laughs> like, yeah, cool. That'd be wild. Man, oh, I'd be neighbors shit. to them. But, uh, but Marvin, yeah, Marvin Gaye. So he wanted to. He wanted his dad. He just approval. wanted his dad's approval. And his, you know, I wow. was watching an interview, and it was really sad because you know these people are like, "Oh, Marvin, you're one of the greatest musicians," and you know, Marvin's getting into it, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I really love doing everything. I love doing the music and." Touching people And his dad's like Yeah but you know If you could do that For the church If you could just Change your life around Do it for God So no matter what he did No matter what he did He would not give him props It didn't matter How many records he sold Or 
uh, how great his music was. He just fought to try and get his dad's acceptance. <laughs> what do you wow. got to do to impress that guy? Like, I mean. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, come on. Hey, what's going on? Like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> father, father, why won't you be impressed with me? <laughs> one thing that I saw interesting last week was, um, th- like, uh, they Madonna's around promoting her new album. And the kid is now in college. Now, if, if you know the Madonna story, she left the University of Michigan after her first year to go to New York to start a career. Guess where the kid now is going? University of Michigan. So you think about it. She could have gone anywhere in the country. She's following she, with her, her mother's story. Exactly. Yeah, it's odd that you do. You know, it's pretty wild, isn't it? It gets down to the basic, like, mother, the dad and her mom or whatever, yeah. trying to get their acceptance right that basis thing the worst that I, I read this i just read this book did, did i talk about this at all in the last two weeks i read it two weeks ago i fatty fatty arbuckle story the no, on the air no, no, no. okay i read this book i fatty about fatty arbuckle his dad was was the worst like he's marvin gay's dad kind of thing okay second worst dad second <laughs> second worst dad his dad was a ass it was an ass from when he was born and he he had a I think he had like a brother or something like that or a couple but but for whatever reason he was really fat and big and goofy looking from birth. I mean he came out at ten, twelve pounds or some crazy wow. number, right? This dad was so fucked up, he would say from the moment this kid can understand thing, that that you ruined your mother's vagina. That you Yeah, he'd say that. <laughs> you ruined your mother's oh, vagina. Wow. That's not gonna fuck with you. Oh man. He'd say yeah, he'd say you are yeah, you're a, he'd call him a waste. Say you're disgusting. You disgust me. I can't even look at you. Good God. You wrecked your mother. Oh wow. And the mother was sickly. It just regular this is sick all the time God. and he blamed it on fatty Arbuckle. So he basically, the mother could barely get out of bed and so she was hurting. <laughs> Fatty did her record. I'm not kidding. I'm not stopping. So no, kidding. No, but so she had like, you know, some sicknesses and stuff. She couldn't get it. So Fatty was like kicked out. He didn't, he was drunk all the time to dad and he didn't give a shit about Fatty Arbuckle, right? In the fan. So, so Fatty. <laughs> well, first he, problem was naming him Fatty. No. <laughs> well, he hated it. He hated it. it no. It, it, Who would he, like His it? name, I don't even remember. You know what's funny? I, I read think it was Roscoe. Rosk, thank you. Mikey, so I was like, "What is his name?" <laughs> Roscoe Arbuckle. He absolutely hated it. Dad calls him Fatty. He hates the name, obviously, right? Fatty Pussy Wrecker. Fatty Pussy Wrecker. <laughs> pussy Wrecker's first nickname. That's what he was bad. Fatty Pussy Wrecker Arbuckle. Yes. Get out here now! He said, "Call me Fatty Vagina Wrecker." Damn it! Make it more clinical, father. So he did. He did. No, but anyway, so so Fatty. Uh, he gets made fun of and stuff, and he's having a horrible life. So he's like, I'm not kidding. This kid's like about eight or nine, and he's at this vaudeville place, and they, they let him. He's kind of kicked out of the house. Like, they don't even care about him as parents. He sleeps <laughs> on the freaking broom closet at nine years old, wow. and, he, and, he's, and he's cleaning the toilets at this vaudeville place. Show. Wow. What a horrible so, life. <laughs> oh, my God. Horrible. The opening act gets sick. One night, he's like nine or ten, and they let him go. He could sing, and he was kind of funny. He wins kind of the job of, like, he gets like five bucks now. Uh, and now, man, 1920, 20s. He's the man. It's fucking a lot of money. No, nah, that's mm-hmm. a lot. That's like that's like a hundred. 
Yeah, maybe more even. I, I know even some know. comics now that'll be like, ooh, five bucks for an opener? I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. You can buy coffee for five cents. <laughs> so he starts to get good. And when he's like, he's, you know, close to his home and the dad wants, dad leaves now. Dad's even out of the picture. Yeah. Uh, he gets to, now he starts to, to do well. And he starts to travel a little bit. Some agents see him. He's really, obviously, naturally talented, funny, and he makes now he's at the hundred and fifty a week. His father doesn't know it, and, and uh, his mother dies, and, and the dad he's only about probably twelve or thirteen or fourteen, and the day, he gets a note that his dad has a, a bar of some sort he bought, some small bar in the San Francisco area, and this is all this is where he lived outside San Francisco. He said that he's going to take care of Fatty, so Fatty gets on a train, goes to meet his dad. And his brother, and he's never going to live together. He thinks he's going to have family. He gets there, and here he finds out the dad sold the bar and left. No note, nothing. Just abandon him. Just basically say just fuck to you. Be a dick. Just to be a dick. Wow. Just to be a dick. Man. And he leaves him in band. So Fatty's just by himself, you know, the whole deal. Goes back out. Make a long story short, he 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 starts to build a little bit of a following. Now he's making, you know, more money, and they. Silent movies. They're trying to get him to do movies, and that's a low thing to do in those days. You're, it's like the lowest form of acting they felt was was doing these things. Mm-hmm. Stage was where it was at. Movies was shit in those <laughs> days. It was like, yeah, it was like. So they thought this. I'll now, show you it now. It was because it was new and all that. So anyway, he starts doing them, and he becomes a hit. This guy, uh, Stennett was the guy's name. I can't remember what Stennett Studios, whatever it was, he was doing. He starts making these ten minute little silent movie things. He's paying him like two hundred fifty dollars a movie, or something three hundred dollars a movie. Now they they have revealed in the book he can't have se- he couldn't get hard for whatever reason. They just showed you know he he because he met a girl he couldn't and she goes that's all right and, and they had intimacy like holding each other and all but he's you know just couldn't get have sex traumatized from wrecking vagina maybe yeah. from yeah he doesn't want to wreck another one he doesn't want to wreck another vagina <laughs> if I do this you know? I'll go inside of you and come out and destroy everything yeah yeah. <laughs> That's my battle. I'm so huge. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to wreck vagina. The struggle uh, of Jim. The struggle Crane. of the vagina wreck. But that's going to be so his book. He, yeah. So fat. So fatty. Oh, dealing with a gigantic penis. The Jim Crane story. Just really, it's really hard. That, no, that's the Lifetime movie. <laughs> the name. You heard the name of my title. Mike. It's really hard. It's really yeah. hard. But anyway, the uh, so so fatty. So fatty meets this this girl Minta. And and, and and that's his girlfriend. So so and they their intimacy was like holding each other. Now I have to tell you because this pl- comes into play later on. Here. So he can't really get hard at all, and that's a, his private thing. He's talking. You know, only women meant to. He meant to know. So anyway, he he because not like he's used ladies man. He doesn't cheat on her or anything like that. And this is his girl. So he starts doing these silent movies, and he's getting like three hundred fifty a week or something to do a movie. He's doing cranking them out. Well. They find he starts noticing people are noticing him, like when he's eating and stuff, whatever, and coming up to him. They want to shake his hand, and he's like, he doesn't get it. He's not thinking that he's becoming famous, right? <laughs> so he Groucho Marx and Buster Keaton are like in the same group of him, yeah. and they go Groucho or not? I'm sorry, not Groucho. What's the guy? Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, Buster Keaton, and those guys said, "Do you know?" How much that guy Stennett is making off you each movie? Like he sells them to Europe, all over the world. 
He's paying you because he goes, oh, he's paying me like three hundred fifty bucks. He goes, he makes two hundred thousand dollars a movie off of you. Oh my wow. god, that's how much profit he's making. So they these guys didn't know how much money these people were all making. So Chaplin signs a big deal with the studio and someone else, but but Fatty was way bigger than Chaplin. So in nineteen twenty eight, guys, Charlie or Fatty Arbuckle signed a contract with like Paramount or I can't remember the a million a year. A million a year. This wow. guy was, you know, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt times two of his era. You know, the the Chaplin made six hundred fifty. So this guy made a million. Okay, he's killing it, and he's he's got the you know Minta and the whole thing's going. He gets another deal. They're going to sign him to like three million a movie. That's how much he's pulling in. He's going to make three million a movie plus. Don't forget his live stuff. He's making money live. Good. Talkies are coming. He's good because he performed live. Yeah. He's one of the guys they felt could make a jump in the talkies. So he's looking at three million, but he's going to go make more. This guy would have probably made ten million a year even back then and soon because he was generating crazy. so much money for these movies. So he owes the company that paid him a million a year two more movies, and these are like those ten twelve minute movies. He literally did two movies at the same time. Like tried to you know could you imagine? But he does it eighteen hour days. So he finishes them. He's exhausted. He's done. He's going to celebrate, right? He's going to make this huge. Now he's going to make a zillion more dollars. Spent it pretty good, too. Lived large. Mm -hmm. Big man lived large. I forgot one thing. During the whole time, his dad shows up. His dad fucking blackmails him. Oh, jeez. His dad was sick, though. And his dad said, you know, you better give me money or I'll tell the papers that Look, my millionaire son treats me like shit and lives, makes me live in squalor and stuff. And he goes, I never even knew who you were. He said, you never showed up or anything. So he gives him like 10 grand, you know, gives him yeah. some money. He says, I would have never did that. And he, that's how good this kid was. This guy was like mm-hmm. the nicest guy in the world. He actually takes his dad out on a town and shows him like the coolest t- day ever. His dad always said, oh, you're not an athlete, you fat asshole. And all, you're writing all these insults. Yeah. Fatty owned a fucking baseball team. Minor league <laughs> triple A team. So he takes him. He's proud about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Took him to that. Hang out with Buster Keaton and Chaplin, who were. I'd be like, sitting now, let me go hang out in a cruise and pit. Let's go, yeah. let's go drink with Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger or whatever. So he's was in politicians and stuff. And he's his dad's having, he thinks giving his dad the day of his life. The end of the day, he drops his dad off and he put his dad up in his beautiful home too for with nurses and stuff. His dad was sick. And his dad goes, eh, because he, ne- he never said, proud of you. Great job. That's all he said was, eh. Because I guess you, you used fat, used being fat to make some money, huh? And that's all he said. Wow. <laughs> dad dies shortly This dude after. is second worst dad of all time. Like, is. like right? I thought, I was going to say, all right, well, this dude can't be as bad as Joe Jackson. But now, there's no way. <laughs> Jackson's third, right? Joe, Jackson's Joe third. Jackson's third. <laughs> this guy's second, right? Yeah, yeah this guy's second. Joe- like on NFL Network, they have the top yeah. ten, whatever. So like, top yeah. ten worst dads. Yeah. Number nine. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Jackson. <laughs> <Batty> Joe- <laughs> Isn't he an asshole, this guy? Yeah, that dude's an asshole. So, so, well, his life gets worse. And I'm almost on the story. I'm sorry if it's so long, everybody. But, uh, Fatty, we don't care how big your story is. All right? So, <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> We're going to tell. But anyway, so. <laughs> I'd try to get a fat joke in there. But anyway, so. So, <laughs> so Fatty. So fatty too, uh, soon. too soon. Too so soon. Fatty, yeah. <laughs> so Fatty uh, has to rest because yeah. he did those movies. 
and he's at this the the St. Joseph Hotel. It's I guess it's like a Ritz Carlton. I don't know. If, it's probably still there in San Francisco. It has to be right. It's legendary at the time, I guess. But uh, he's at this cool hotel, and his buddies are there, and his buddies say they want to have a party. Mm-hmm. Fatty doesn't want anything to do with it. So that's one of you know rest. That's it. They got a big suite, the whole deal. Buddies want to have a party. That you know he goes. Well, I'm going to go to my area. You know the suite. Do whatever you want. Say like twelve, fourteen. They said this one of a small party. Well, this girl shows up. This Virginia rap, R A P P E. So I spoke and this other lady, Maud something. Can't remember her last name. But anyway, this Virginia rap had the worst fucking like reputation in Hollywood. And and Fatty goes, get her to fuck out of here. And they're like, no man. It's one of his buddies liked her because she'll sleep with that. He goes, yeah, sleep. She has gonorrhea. She's given like twelve people the studio she was with the gonorrhea. She has, uh, yeah, she's 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 black. She blackmails people. She steals. She's one of the and the other girl said is even is just as bad. They said you got to get rap out of here, and and so she would drink to the point where and she'd take heavy drugs like PCP at the time or whatever. And they'd say she'd like rip her clothes off and scream and shit. And he knew, but he had, she had a reputation already. Fatty goes get her to fuck out. Well, sure enough, they don't do that. And she's there, and here there's a there's a bathroom adjoining to his suite. He goes to take a shower. Fatty goes, there's fucking Virginia Rap in the bathroom naked. She's crying and shit. So she has this problem called cyst, some kind of cystos, systolic something they find out later. Anyway, yeah. So she's drinking, and she's on these drugs and stuff. She's naked. So he gives her his shirt to cover her. Yeah. She falls over and starts shaking. And all that. So he gets a Coke can, the bottle of Coke or whatever, and starts putting it on her chest, they say, and her head. And they're all, there's a bunch of people in the room. And her head, her chest, and, and part of her abdomen. They, they're telling her, you know, because she's spurning up. They call they call the, uh, you know, the ambulance or whatever. Yeah. He, he's just trying to resuscitate her. That's it. That's all he did. Yeah. Remember, he can't, you know, this guy can't even have sex. He's not even, like, turned on her. So, so anyway, they take her to the hospital. Three days later, she dies. She bled out from that systolic thing. Yeah. The lady Maud goes, Fatty Arbuckle raped her and, and, and abused her. Oh, wow. They arrest him. He ends up in fucking the papers every day. Hearst fucking buries him. He goes through three trials, loses all of his money. Oh, shit. At one point, they had a thing where Hearst wrote that he put a champagne bottle in uh, Virginia Raps' vagina. Oh, he's, he's always in blame for wrecking vaginas. And it broke and it caused internal bleeding. What? Uh, he, it was the beginning of yellow journalism, he said. Just a lot, mm-hmm. he, he lied like whatever, he said, Hearst did. Three trials. Third one, the lady that was lying, because they had a lady lying, she broke down and said, admitted she's lying. Third one. She admitted the prosecutors paying her off. The other one, they, they like a few witnesses that were being paid off. They admitted it, and they apologized. Jurors apologized to him, but it was too late. His fucking career was fucked. Hearst sold a lot of papers and built one of the biggest mansions in the United States. He told that. he met Fatty. <laughs> he met Fatty yeah. later. Fatty ended up dying in, in his mid forties of a heart attack. But he did have about five six years as a successful director and made millions again hmm. under a different name. And one of the people that promoted his or backed his biggest movie was Hearst. And he met Hearst. And he said, why the fuck did you do that? And he goes, you, you sold more papers than when to Lithuania. Man. Son. Wow. He said, but anyway, that was his story. But could you imagine that, that 
unbelievable life story, man. No. With the worst father ever, second worst. <laughs> well, the, the thing that oh, gets me when you're telling me that story is the what, huge Chris Farley fan back in the day. He was scheduled to play Fatty Arbuckle in the Fatty Arbuckle story, really? and that was about be- to begin shooting. Wow! And that's when you're telling me this story, I'm I'm thinking Chris Farley in that movie, and everyone was talking about like the script was great, everything was that, and it was going to be like his dramatic role, great. everything yeah. like that, and then he died. Wow! But I'm just thinking about like you know what that'd have been a hell of a fucking movie. Yes. <laughs> Wonder why it hasn't been made. Is it, has there been right. someone else, like uh, Chris Farley, like who had been probably perfect for that? Uh, I mean, you think it could be James? Maybe could pull it off. Could, maybe could right? Kevin James Make pull it heavier? off? I think he might be able to pull it off. Because Farley, I think he could have absolutely pulled Farley, it off. Yeah, definitely could have. Well, Fatty wasn't like grotesquely obese. He was like three hundred pounds, big guy. You know yeah. what I mean? What? So maybe James. But back then, three hundred versus yeah. three hundred now. You know, true. But how many <laughs> actors are even close to three hundred? That's the thing. Actors are the skinniest, smallest human beings on the mm, planet. Camera adds 15 pounds, so they would find a way. Christian Bale would gain the weight. For yeah. It. <laughs> Yo, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he really would. I'd almost want to. I almost want to finance the movie just to see Christian Bale get up to 300 pounds. See him do to it. See him. <laughs> Owen <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> My father's an asshole. Why did you do that? What do I do to you? What do you mean I wrecked her vagina? I wrecked her vagina. I love it. Makers of old school. Yeah. <laughs> it's Owen Wilson and Fatty. I love the vagina. I would never wreck a vagina. You know what? You're the second worst dad ever. <laughs> Yo, uh, the, uh, speaking of worst dads, there, there was something funny that I did read on the internet. It was uh, a black history moment where they said uh, black history pioneer uh, Joe Jackson, the first black man, or first black father to actually beat the black off of his kid. <laughs> Which is, I, I laughed so hard at that because if you saw the picture they chose, it's Joe Jackson sitting there smiling and Mike in his like bad form. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, that's, that's, that's fucked up because he really did. He beat the black off of his son. Michael, that bell pepper ass nose. You think Joe? I'll never be like this again. You think Joe said that? You know when Michael's going. Father, you're the worst. No, I'm not. Fatty Arbuckle's dead. <laughs> I didn't shoot you, Marvin Gaye's dead. Shot him. That's number one. I shot you. I'm making money off you, Number two is Fatty Arbuckle. I'm three. I'm I said three. beat it was good. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have had a success if I didn't beat that ass. <laughs> I said the really was pretty good and off the wall was not bad. <laughs> Look at you. I beat the black off you. You got more successful afterwards. <laughs> Let you have a giraffe? Shut up. <laughs> Poor Michael You know, Jackson. he did let him have a giraffe. Yeah. yeah. Fatty Arbuckle's dad wouldn't let him no, have a wouldn't. giraffe, right? <laughs> what are you going to do, eat the giraffe? You know, oh, I don't man. know. You know he'd say that to him. <laughs> Seriously. First no. day of giraffe's gone. Did Fatty, did you eat the giraffe? <laughs> I love Michael Jackson. <laughs> He's the man. Monreal. Yeah, it, it's just, yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It's pretty but wild, then the dude. kids, are we expecting Prince Michael Jackson to be a good, just, to be a good singer? Yeah. Well, the daughter was cutting her wrist and shit because she couldn't go to but a Marilyn Manson concert. But they're not, wait a second. First of all, for Prince yeah, yeah, or yeah. the daughter to, they'd have to be genetically related. Okay. You really <laughs> think Michael Jackson had these kids? Are you kidding me? Right? What do you guys think? I don't think it's his kids. 
I think that is just uh, some one kind of laboratory. Like. Which one? Uh, blanket? Yeah. Because blanket look a lot like Michael. Does, I know. It could it's kind of it's kind of wild. I'm saying they which have one, <laughs> which one could sing? Is that how we do the genetic test? I'm telling you right blanket. now that is that is some friend that is Macaulay Culkin or Chris Tucker's. Kid. You're saying Michael. <laughs> you're saying Michael Jackson didn't wreck any vaginas. <laughs> oh no, no. I'm saying he did not wreck any vaginas. Mm. I'm gonna pound you. And it works like Yes. In the words of Michael that. Jackson, <laughs> lose your daddy. Saw a vagina. My, my daddy beat the black off me. There's no way. I don't think he did. He was, <laughs> Well, he told stories about being scared of having sex and really? stuff like that. Yeah, he told one story in an interview where he said he like the girl. I forget which woman it was. I think it was someone kind of famous too. And they took him in a room. Naomi and, Campbell, I think um, it was, wasn't it? But I know no, they were trying to get it together. Naomi, get, right? She tried to get it. Too. <laughs> well, literally, like O'Neill's kid tried to. Is, she told a story about this. O'Neill's be... the one. Um, the one that won the Oscar. Um, uh, the the um, O'Neill Tatum. Yes, Tatum O'Neill told a story in the late seventies. She tried yeah. to get him, and he covered his face with the blanket. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. That. See, uh, wow. there's a couple stories of where he he was known for covering his face. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And he'd be like, "Okay, are you naked yet? You're All kidding. Right. Okay." Like he was just nervous. Naomi's like one of the top ten oh, all time. Naomi, beauties. and she was fine as hell in that keeping in the closet she, video. Like that's she's pretty peak. now in Empire. Actually, she's still beautiful. Yeah, she is. And she's crazy. But I'm just saying, back then, she's what twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, she was at her peak. You mean to tell me Michael Jackson? Was a, what happened? He was afraid of her or something? Or? Yeah, but Mike Tyson. Uh, Took over instead. <laughs> yeah, he still, said he banged her in a bathroom. <laughs> did you ever read yeah, that? I did read that. I did read yeah, that. that yeah, but but I Michael Jackson. Here's how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> you almost you almost done knocking it out. <laughs> so Mike, 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 yeah, so Mike. He, he had a Mike. yeah. He he had a different life, man. He did. I, but I I mean, if you think about all that abuse and all that stuff that he went through, I guess you, you know what? You just can't help but be when crazy. when I was a kid. Growing up, they had the Jackson Five and they had the, the Osmonds. They were the two battling, yeah, going at it. And the Osmonds with that whole, you know, wholesome thing. I'll bet you peel that back. That's way more fucked up than the Jacksons, man. Yeah, it we is. just don't know it. <laughs> yeah, that shit's crazier uh-huh. than crazy, right? They had them tied in basements. Like oh salt. god, that's gonna be way more crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie, you're not coming upstairs until you hit that note right. And in between, you, you this and your, chain will yeah. continue to pull you into a saw. No, no. <laughs> you and your sister will sing together. You're a little more country and you're a little rock and roll. <laughs> and the dad's a little nuts, but um, no matter Oh, you what. know that's what they did. They trained them to, to be <laughs> ultimate child soldier singers, musicians. Like, well, they those trained days. Them like, yeah, because, I mean, even the football players Ultimate back then. Stage was, dad. That's why I'm glad well, I got good parents. What's that? <laughs> I'm always thankful for my parents. Because I see people that have parents that are complete assholes. Like, you know what I mean? Fatty Arbuckle. Fatty Arbuckle to Joe Jackson's. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and and my parents were always very supportive of anything I did. You know, if I was like, I want to be the greatest painter of all time, they'd be like, well, just make sure you're the greatest painter they of all time. They are good people. They are really You know, they've always kind, supported people. sports, everything. It's one of those things that, uh, you know, you're right. When you start thinking, like, seeing these reading about like, like Fatty Arbuckle or, or any of these other crazy parents you start thinking your parents you're like go back hey you weren't that bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I try to make sure I thank my parents job. all the time yeah really man I mean I was like hey I'm gonna do stand up and they're like alright well and then I was going through school and I was like I think I really wanna do stand up and they just supported it you yeah, know what I mean you were, you I started young or something like that yeah or? I went to Duquesne and I started comedy super young so for them to be like alright look we're just gonna support this like we were supporting right. You know anything else 
That's impressive, man. So, yeah, they're great. So I can't fail them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now the pressure's really on. It's pressure's like, on, oh, buddy. shit, I got to at least make $2 million in my life. Well, you are, yeah, you are a brilliant guy. I mean, you, yeah, you are. Thanks. I, I hope one day to be like Mike Wysocki or Mike Sass. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like the Wayne Wiles and the Josh Foglios and the Jim Crins in this room. <laughs> one day. Well, this room hey, got I've a lot of talent. Don't I've be shrugging. Surpa- I've surpassed <laughs> my goal. I've surpassed my goal. I grew up in the alley in the strip. And my goal was to be the manager of the Greyhound bus station. I think I edged, <laughs> I think I edged it out. I think I Your did, dad's I, like, I went dad's beyond. listening to the radio be like, yeah. not the manager of the Greyhound bus <laughs> station. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You, got- <laughs> you know, Jimmy, you know, Tony's up the block. He he's was the better. He's managing a bar in the strip. Could have made it. Making good money. Doesn't have to wake up as early as yes. you do. It's free applesauce. Free, I was one, free I, applesauce. I used to go over to Greyhound, man. I, I'd be like, they had a cafeteria there, and, and I'd be like, wow. And the manager always had a suit on, like a little suit. And, you know, it was probably like cheap. I didn't even know the little price. It was probably the cheapest suit. This Someday. guy was probably some, you know, ex con, whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I want to be a manager of Greyhound bus station one day. So that's a great job, man. Eat new cafeteria every day. Yeah, man. I saw him. He bossed people around. And he, was the, he was the manager, man. Not just the worker. I was even manager of the Grand Bus Station. That reminds me of the <laughs> great <laughs> broadcast news. You ever see broad- with Holly Hunter and William Hurt and everything like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great line in that movie was William Hurt was like the dumb, you know, uh, broad, you know, the dumb uh, newscaster, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And he went up to Albert Brooks. He goes, "What happens when your reality exceeds your dreams?" And Albert Brooks looks at him and goes, "You keep it to yourself." See, I just shared <laughs> <laughs> my reality exceeded my dream. <laughs> that is so funny. Of Jim, being the manager. Jim, you got some funny ass stories about the Greyhound though. Oh, million of them. The, million of them. Strip district's crazy. There was there's a story you told me about somebody stealing well, something. Remember the thief? Oh God, yes, yes. Well, you we had two stories there. <laughs> there there was uh, Hammy was the guy I used to talk about who uh you know, I, I would do uh, Otis was Hammy. And uh influenced also by Richard Pryor's Mudbone on how he did it. It was obviously at times mm-hmm. my idol. I, Terry knows I've yeah. wore his albums out, you know. And um, but Hammy was this guy. It was Otis, and he was this, you know, an old guy. And he would be all over the strip, and he would. He used to tell these wild stories all the time. But what happened was on Sundays there was this there was this huge paper you got that had the double header for Waterford Park Racetrack. And I was about 12 years old, and I was to go over to the bus station, and I was to get the paper for my dad because he'd go to Waterford Park. You know, he's going to go down on, during the week, Monday. So I'd get, like, this big paper for the doubleheader for the races. So they had these TVs. You put a quarter in mm-hmm. to the TV. And I'd have a bunch of quarters from this little change table, whatever. I'd take, and I was going to maybe play pinball or whatever. But as I went in, I got he called me over, get, hammy, whatever. I don't know why he seeked me out, whatever. Or he and I would sit there every Sunday at the at like ten thirty until like eleven. Uh, we'd watch the Jetsons, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had the quarters, and it was on. So I would put the quarters in the TV, yeah. and he and I, Jimmy, Jimmy. Get over here. You got the quarter. Come on, let's go. And we put it in. And then he and I would sit and watch the Jetsons. 
would be rerun on Sunday morning at yeah. one of the one of the local stations, whatever. But it was a good, you got to keep feeding it quarters. Like every fifteen yeah, minutes, you had to pop a quarter. Yeah. In. They yeah. kept them for you a know. long time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jimmy, put a quarter in. George Jensen, he's 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 running from Rosie or whatever. And so whatever. But anyway, so yeah, so I got to get no ham. So every week we'd watch the Jetsons together. Now that is a strange childhood, but I liked it. He's great. Yeah. He's a great guy. I got to know him uh, through the years. You know, uh, the other one, my dad. He's a wild man. Uh, very colorful mom and dad, uh, growing up in the strip district in uh, above American Equipment was this place. And my dad, he's very funny, uh, very fiery guy. Looks like Joe Pesci, a bit, and Dudley Moore. If you put the two together, it's kind of <laughs> you can imagine that. Sounds more like Pesci, like a higher pitch voice. Mm-hmm. And every other words, you know, fuck, like fuck, you know. Anyway. <clears throat> Someone was breaking into my mother said, I, I met this is the strip the strip was really rough back then, right? And this is an analysis. Someone was breaking into my mom and dad's car. So my dad <clears throat> comes running out and chases this this guy with a butcher knife. My dad has a Jason butcher knife and tidy whiteies on. <laughs> and he looks like a little guy like Joe Pesci, so he's basically naked, just a tidy whiteies and a big butcher knife. Yelling, get back, you motherfucker. I'll slit your fucking throat. He chases him down the street into the Greyhound bus station. <laughs> <laughs> Runs through the bus station. Oh, God. The guy goes into the... He thinks he may have went in the bathroom. My dad is wh- whipping the knife underneath the, the toilet. <laughs> and the guard came, the security guard, and they knew, knew us. We lived right across the street. Mm-hmm. He's like, Tara, what are you doing? My dad? <laughs> Some motherfuckers breaking in my car. Like, like, Come on, calm down. You're gonna say, get, brought him back home. So. But that was yeah. That's wild, isn't it? That is, that is man. Great yeah. stations. It was crazy. That was. But one I love of that. Many that adventures. They were just like, okay, go home. A guy in his tidy whiteies <laughs> with, with a butcher with a butcher. Knife. That, that was those times. Those was good times. Back but that's then. the thing. In the three hour news block that now is KDKA, <laughs> that would have come up. I'm like about yeah. <laughs> that came up. Yeah. My, my, I'm about, I'm like ten years ten years old or whatever, and. Some guy was breaking into my our kitchen. This is just a little fucking apartment to begin with. He's walking, stepping into the sink through the window, and he had to climb up a pole. And my dad's sleeping in the bedroom. I walk over to the bedroom. I go, hey, Dad, somebody's breaking into the house. I think. The guy's in the fucking house already. So, so Terry gets up. Starts screaming. The guy gets scared because Terry, with the knife, has the knife again. He's amazing with that knife. Thank God he never got to use it. So he's got the knife. <laughs> And he's running, and, and the guy just runs. Now, Terry does not have the tidy whiteies on at this point. He's got pajama bottoms on only <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a T-shirt. So he's running. As I find out later, he runs, and he chases this guy two blocks down to Lip Yellow's Pizza where my buddy Mikey's working. <laughs> Mikey's about as old, little, well, Mikey's about five, seven years older than me, whatever. So I'm probably, I must be like 13 or 14. Mikey's probably 18 or something like that. So he comes running into the pizza shop and his family owned pizza shop. And he goes, Mikey, get your van. We got to chase somebody. Mikey's telling me later, we drove around the strip for like two hours. Oh, man. Never caught him, thank God. Get this guy. It was an adventure, man. It's fucking adventure. It's pretty wild. <laughs> great the, great mom and dad. I love mom and dad. They were fantastic. But very, very colorful. Very colorful. <laughs> yeah, interesting living in a strip, man. 
<laughs> Anybody lives in the inner city or in a poor neighborhood, man, they know what I'm talking about, man. There's always there's always action. Thank God I got out of there alive. Uh, <laughs> for real. Yeah. There's always that. I, that's why I was always glad I get to go home from Garfield. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they leave me there for a while. I'm like, all right, come back to the suburbs yeah. <laughs> where you're safe. I'm like, yeah. it was tough up there. Yeah, you were a tourist in Garfield. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I, I, had, I, I, I vacationed every, I, every sub, week. When, yeah, when I was every day. in Garfield. When I was a kid, I became friends with this kid that lived, lived in the projects in the hill. Yeah. And, and I went to his house, and I thought he was rich. <laughs> I was like, I was. Oh, my God, you got hot water? That is so funny. But there, there really you are characters. Like, there, he was like my rich friend. <laughs> you, you, this place is a mansion. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there, I mean, there really are characters, like you said, in uh, – like any of those areas where it's inner city or it's mm-hmm. uh, I, I well my uncle was one of them like in Garfield because my uncle slept on my grandma's porch and uh homeless uncle buddy and I thought that shit was normal growing up as a kid I thought everybody had an uncle to slept on the porch <laughs> you know what I mean they're like, oh, oh, got uncle where, buddy. where's your uncle sleep I was like on the porch they're like for real I was like yeah your uncle don't sleep on the porch no he sleeps in the house <laughs> if anybody says they don't have an uncle buddy they're lying everybody got an uncle buddy is. and then uh there, there was a someone else I was related to um he would always be like walking down the street with parts of some sort, probably selling them, stole them shits. And like he, <laughs> I remember going down. Um, he's going down Aiken with the with the goddamn uh, refrigerator, but um, his name was Catfish. Yeah. And then uh, I was talking to someone recently. There, there was a, a I won't use any names, but mm. there was a a fan, a good friend of the family who used to pick me up and uh, my friend from school because we went to school in Garfield and he would pick us up and he'd drop me off at my grandma's or sometimes my friend would come with me and his dad would always go in this store called uh, uh, Johnny Boys and Johnny okay. Boys was a corner store in Garfield that got shut down for drugs eventually it was like the wire you know they were using it <laughs> yeah. as a drug front mm-hmm. well I always wondered why my <laughs> boy's dad was going in there until he got arrested recently and I was uh, well not recently he got arrested and then recently I thought back on it like you know, yeah. all those times he was getting us bags of chips, he was also replying, to, you know, refilling up his drug habit off fucking Johnny Boy. Wow, yeah. it's pretty wild. It was like the wire. I was like, shit, we and he was taking us with him. What if something went bad? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just sitting there with a fucking Power Rangers toy. It would have been in like slow motion bullets hitting a car, <laughs> like a movie or some shit. It'd been bad. Yeah, but it was wild. Mike, 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 what was your life like growing up, man? Were you, did you you probably laugh at luxury millions and sure and butlers? What was yeah, it like? Yeah, yeah, lots of butlers. <laughs> you never tell us about your um, life. What's your life? Kind, what was I, your life like? Um, kind of moved around a lot early on. My dad worked on the railroad, which sounds okay. pretty old fashioned, but we kind of bounced around and then That's eventually wound up going just yeah. out in the country, like in the middle of nowhere, which is just crazy. Just rednecks. Normal childhood, like kind of? Yeah, pretty normal. Pretty normal. Yeah. Never had like a whole lot of money, but always got by and uh, lived in a, just in the middle of nowhere. Our whole county that I grew up in didn't even have like a stoplight. Really? Yeah, nothing. Where it's at? Just, like, what, in Pennsylvania? It's kinda, yeah, in Pennsylvania. So uh, where at? Uh, near Harrisburg. Just okay, so Harrisburg somewhere in the middle of the state. Yeah, right in the middle of the state, yeah. So you yeah. think of those rural towns in the middle of the state, that's where you live? Where there's just nothing going on. There's, right. There's even there's Amish people out there. It's just, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. That's why when I, I went, came to college, I wanted to go to, I went to Pitt just because it was like right in the middle of the city. Like Just to be in the there city. There was nothing to do. I really? mean, you just drank in the woods. <laughs> there, well, how many kids were in your high school class? Would you say, like your senior class, sixty? Okay, wow. that was it. So. And that's it. 
Yeah. If they, everybody knew each other's business kind of place? Oh, yeah, yeah. So you mm-hmm. wanted out? Yeah. And that was just, the end of it? so boring. Were you always funny? Um, I was class clown. You were? In high school, You yeah. won class clown? Oh, there we go. I used to do the announcements over the thing and make jokes. But I was, you were supposed to be like in the honor society, but I just kind of broke in and took over and would yeah. do the announcements and make like, <laughs> fake announcements and call people down to the office and stuff and make up so, fake warnings. And like say what? Like, I don't. We're getting dismissed early at two o'clock. And shit like that. <laughs> eventually, eventually, I was replaced. But I just like to do it just to kind of mess. I with love people. how eventually, eventually, they let you do it once. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how little talent was in the 160 <laughs> it was. class. Like, all right, Mike, you know, actually, how to turn the PA on. <laughs> so we'll let you make two or three more. Like, run the beef after yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. Of you, Sasson. I mean, I grew up in Aspenwall. I mean, and right outside of Pittsburgh. Nice went area. To, yeah, went to Fox Chapel High School. So I'm listening to all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, yeah, my neighbor was Dr. Carruthers. He was a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the rough laugh yeah, the of Mike Sass. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, Dr. The biggest, Carruthers. Yeah, the big thing with me was I, I come from a large family. I have, you know, I mentioned we are uh, recording on St. Patrick's Day, my Mother Katie O'Brien, that's her uh, uh, maiden name. Okay. And so I have, I have three brothers and four sisters. So that was mm. the big thing. Was just we were just a enormous family of of enormous people. Yeah. So, that was, <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice the, normal family. Yeah. Well, I mean, just big. Basic. I mean, it's like you know, because I have three brothers. They all played college football, and you played college football. Yeah. And so we, you know, just all big guys and stuff like that. My sisters are all all tall and everything like that. So yeah, that was that was. That was us, and and that's the thing about like you're talking about like you know we played your high school and just yeah, like I remember yeah. hearing like when you say like oh yeah well, my tough this and like that you can't like with us like all right Jimmy um there's a defensive tackle in front of you could you think of blocking him <laughs> do you feel like blocking him you don't okay well. If you'd ever think about blocking him, <laughs> that'd be great, okay? Because whatever you want to do is what we want to do here. Okay, <laughs> thanks. All right, no, no, like, dragging people no with dragging. trucks. Oh, That's man. cool. So it was the complete <laughs> opposite. You know, it's wild that you live like such, such a normal, you know, kind of nice middle-class life that uh, usually comics, we're, we're, we're from colorful Something bad. Past. Not, well, not I, mean, I don't think bad. I don't think bad. I, you know, I, I think, I think I colorful. Think, I think. I think characters around us. Something traumatizing you know? had to have happened for I, us I, to be. I think. It, yeah, I think so, Tara. <laughs> but I think it's more like something like, uh, like I said, the colorfulness yeah. of it, or you know, like I grew up poor and a lot of characters around. But they were all not these. I, I, you know, loving parents and family and stuff. Mm-hmm. But and you, you had great family, great I mom did. and dad. I, I used and to get I bullied all the time. That's where I learned but, how to be funny. Being bullied, like I was that funny, was but I used to get my ass beat all the time. So I had to learn how to be like really funny, especially yeah. in Garfield. Yeah, because I like Star Wars and shit. And when you in the hood, you ain't allowed to like Star Wars. But it's a survival then, instinct where I was yeah. too. Same thing. So, yeah, you're right. I used yeah. humor to survive in a sense, so I didn't get beat up, killed, or whatever. Yeah, you know, kind of mm. they kept you around. Well, he's funny, keep him around. Yeah, like you're not getting the attention that you want in a positive way, so you find a way to get it, which mm-hmm. is through. You know, it was like I was the fat kid. It was like be funny. I remember there was, there was comedy this fight or flight. So oh, it's you, fight or flight. You're in that position when you're young. Yeah, you develop quicker. And I know. Well, I'm sorry, Terry. You no, you're good. Finish your thought. No, you. go so, Mikey, you know, yours was more because of the small town thing mm-hmm. and things like that. But that was kind of unique and, and whatever. But, but, but Mikey, so what I'm saying is, you know, this well, I real think nice. The, the attention easy. is from the eight kids. 
probably because, that, huh? I mean, like you think about that would it. Be I mean, your, like, that would be your character comes. Well, from. I mean, that's the that's that's the characters. The, I mean, when you're sitting around a table and you yeah. know, it's you know, you talk about you know, especially all of the family. I mean, I'm six aspect. foot four, so you see, understand we're on podcast. We're all big. When the when the meal was put on, you had to you know Fight quickly work. eat or you know you were <laughs> yeah. starving. I think we actually started with ten and two just couldn't get there. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the runs of the litter. Yeah, the runs of the litter <laughs> were gotten rid of. But, family members you don't, yeah, you don't yeah. know. But I mean, like when you hear like stories about the the Murray family, like when they talked about like you had to be funny to like get your dad's attention, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That sound that that was a lot like this because my sister, yours. like because my my sister's out in L.A. doing comedy as well. Oh, yeah? So yeah, so I mean, it's it's hmm. there's you know different ways of of coping with it and all that kind of good stuff. But yeah, I mean, generally just a lot of now the thing about it is you talk about it, poverty. I mean, like just like I mentioned, I went to Fox Chapel High School, so yeah. like. In comparison to a lot of people that I went to school with, right, we were the you know we were the ones like oh you don't have a house in you know Hidden Valley you poverty stricken people and you, stuff live like that. In, you live in wow. Aspen Ball. that's pretty yeah. wow that's <laughs> probably close to Sharpsburg yeah I could see Sharp, I could see Sharpsburg <laughs> yeah. so you know that's in the meantime the you would have been to me you would have been Trump man. Well, that's it's all it's all relative. <laughs> I mean, when you actually see Trump, people yeah. who like, I actually went to school with kids who had butlers, who had you know wow. houses and va- all this kind of stuff. So when you know that that exists and you go into their houses yeah, uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff, and then you go back to your house and ask them, well, yeah, you do feel like, wow, Dad, you really needed to, you know, <laughs> you really need to motivate yourself. But, uh, <laughs> Man, thank God I didn't see that when I was little. It would have been my new dream to become a butler. <laughs> You have to wear white gloves. <laughs> Free applesauce. Free applesauce. No, they'd have said it's no. really good. You don't get to steal the applesauce. <laughs> Maybe, possibly on Christmas, we'll give you some of the, the ones that the dog didn't want. But uh, no applesauce for you. That's uh, Maybe someday as a retirement gift, we can have some organic applesauce that we purchased in central Pennsylvania. It's from the Wasaki Farms. Yeah. <laughs> Great farm. Yeah, <laughs> good apples. That's pretty cool, though. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, there, there's always something. To, you're looking at, you know, the people you <laughs> you live the great life, and there's people that have butlers. Yeah. Pretty well, but it's like it, you know, Ted Turner always well, talks about that, like he has like three billion dollars. And so, but he'd always sit there and be like, he'd look up at like someone with twenty billion, right? And and so, but like to him, he, like, he owns most of the state of Montana. Yeah. But to him, he's like, yeah, but that guy's got twenty billion. So that's why you can't, I, in my opinion, you can't like motivate yourself through like it's like that movie. It's like, true. There's a new movie out with Adam Carolla called Road Hard, in which like it's like, oh, life is so hard on the road to be a comic. And we're all sitting there going, that's what we're gunning for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're gunning for to eventually yeah. be a a, a a road comic to make money in comedy because there are people at open mics who have to go, you know, work at a Eaton Park. But I mean, if that's if your life is well, I it's used always to be. Comparison. Yeah, if I used to be on TV and now I have to do this, then it's like, oh, Kip Adada, one of the first pro comics I ever worked with. I was talking to him before; he's really funny. But I remember seeing it. Yeah, I see when you get uh you know, you you want to get on TV, you get on TV, and they say, well, well, why don't you have it? People are writing, why don't you have a TV show? You get a TV show. Why aren't you in movies? You get movies. Why don't you have an Academy Award? You get an Academy Award. Why don't you have two? <laughs> there's, there's, always, there's always something else. Totally you're right. There's always something you're gonna gonna want more so you're joe montana's kid you go to tulane you're like 
well, why aren't you, you know, at why Notre Dame? Yeah. Well, you go to Notre Dame. Well, why aren't you in the NFL? <laughs> There's no four Super Bowls. Yeah, <laughs> that's why Deepak Chopra and all those fucking people make a lot of money figuring <laughs> this shit out. <laughs> that's funny. The meaning of life is to become a manager of the Graham bus station. <laughs> that is the goal you're trying to reach. That but then if you the become the ma- manager of the Greyhound bus station, maybe you want to be the Greyhound bus station manager of yes. a bigger city. I maybe. probably <laughs> would have wanted to I know. I would have been wanting to work at the airport mall. <laughs> That's what I would have wanted. You're right. I just, it would have been enough. Who would have knew? I would have been a manager of buses. Going, Fuck, it's not enough. I need more. I need more. And I went to school with the guy who runs that. So like, maybe I could have Did you really? No. <laughs> You did probably Night Fox Chapel, man. Jesus. I did. Wow. That's cool. Anyways. Uh, wait. Hey, see, we solved some problems today, man. Mm-hmm. This was like therapy today for us, wasn't it? Yeah. Therapy for, Ar- for Fatty Arbuckle. For yeah, Fatty Arbuckle. Fatty. He's, he's up in heaven going, why would you bring it up again? Yeah, really. Bring, yeah, no, really. Me, me and Mikey uh, get to perform together this weekend. That's rare. Wait, yeah, me and the yeah. show Saturday night. Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yeah. Okay, we have Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones. Who we're at Uniontown. Mike Travers and Tim Ross. Mike, oh, okay. and Mike yeah. Travers, Tim Ross, and where's yeah. it in Uniontown, guys? It's right near Uniontown. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> go to Terry Hall. my website. Go to yeah. Jim. We'll put it on a website, yeah. right, guys? We'll put it on. Wait. Go to jimcran.com. Details to see. Uh, Terry and Mike this weekend. When is it? Saturday? Yes, Saturday. It's going to be in Uniontown. 8 p.m. In Uniontown area. Go to jimcren.com. I'll put it up on there so you have the details of all of that. Also, uh, Terry is going to be working with uh, T. Robe. Oh, yeah. uh, April uh, 17th through the 19th for his DVD taping. We'll be at the Pittsburgh Improv. The Improv. Go to the show 17th through the 19th, Terry and uh, T. Robe. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm gonna stop out there on Thursday night and hang out with you guys. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be a, lo- a great show in uh, May May 28th. I'm gonna be doing Jurgles May 28th. That's gonna be at awesome. Jurgles. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, so, Jurgles is always so well party at it. But, it. but I can't wait for uh, you know Terry show. But then Terry and Mike Saturday once again Uniontown. Go to jimcon.com. Also the oh. T Robe show yeah, with Robes. Terry April 19, 20, 21. Right? Yeah, uh, April. Th- April 17th through the 19th. I'm sorry, yeah. 17th? 17th through the 19th. I'll have yeah. that on jimcrane.com, yeah. too, so make it easy. Just go to jimcrane.com. And then I'll probably talk about it later, but I'm trying to do an um, album recording. Okay, that weekend? In the next few months. No, just somewhere be in else. the next few months, yeah. We'll keep the announcements coming. So, Mikey uh, Sasson and... and any, 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 All any, over Western Pennsylvania, just uh, look for Mike Sasson, man. We're this Everywhere. Thursday at the the Improv. Lights out with Matt Light. Yeah, lights out at the, on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh Improv. Nice, excellent. That'd be fun. It's, it's, it's the circle of life. We're just it, it is. <laughs> We're just thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate you guys streaming and downloading. It really does. Jim Cren, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Hey everybody, it's Jim Cren of Jim Cren No Restrictions. I just wanted to take the time out to thank you for listening to the show. We have a little over 100,000 subscribers now every week listening to the show. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or JimCran.com and subscribe today. And thanks again. If your business, whether large or small, is in need of commercial collections, choose PrimeCore Group. PrimeCore Group is a Pittsburgh-based corporate collections agency. Now, if your business is owed money, PrimeCore Group is there to help you. On a contingency basis only, PrimeCore Group will recover what is owed to you in a professional and trusted manner. Contact PrimeCore Group today by going to primecoregroup.com.
Dot com.